0: Hello everybody, today we have with us Savita Nanjapa, she is a business and executive coach, founder of global coaching business, Success with Savita, a podcast host at Success with Savita podcast, Forbes council member. She has over 17 plus years of work experience in corporate India across brands like Airtel, Tata Docomo, Telenor, ICICI, Prudential, Novo, Nordisk, across sales, marketing, customer service, retail and ops. In 2017, she launched her own global coaching business with clients across 12 countries and growing. Uh, She hosts Success with Savita podcast with over 200,000 plus listeners and That's also growing and she has coached and mentored over 200 plus businesses and trained over 3K plus men and women through uh, her workshop. She speaks on stage and have been featured in media, example Fox, ABC, CBS, and has won multiple awards and more. But she is just getting started. So thanks for joining my podcast and looking forward
1: to learn from you, Savita. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to be on other podcasts as well, besides just being a host and being on the other end of an interview.
0: Thank you. My first question to you is, out of curiosity, how
1: did you end up being a podcaster? So I am a podcast listener myself, and I had always thought, and this is from, you know, much before podcasts were a thing, I'm talking about 2012, 13, I would listen to podcasts. And I always felt like audio was a medium that I could handle. I was comfortable with and it had always been on my vision board, my vision statement that one day I want to start a podcast and then cut to 2018 when I started my business. It was at this time that a lot of podcasts were also launching. Most coaches would have some kind of a podcast and I was in this year-long coaching program and quite a few of my colleagues had podcasts and I was a guests on some of theirs and so i kept putting it and i kept thinking i'm going to do it this year i'm going to do it this year and it kept procrastinating on it and finally in 2021 i was like you know i have to do this the pandemic hit and many more podcasts launched and it really took off because people were at home and you know in the us the joke was the first thing that sold out was microphones because everyone was like now i have the time i'm going to sit down and do podcasts and i'm going to be on video and i still didn't do it in 2020 but in 2021 i was talking to my client, actually, and I was telling her, you know, the one thing that I'm not doing and I really need to do this year is start my podcast. And she's like, hey, you know what? My friend has started this podcasting production business where he helps people who want to start a podcast get started. I was like, "Okay, put me in touch. And so she put me in touch. And long story short, I got my things together. It's launched the podcast. And I think at that time, it was just that I have to launch the podcast and it's going to be an interview style. One, because I had so many people that I'd spoken to during the course of my business. I had a network that I could tap into, reach out to them and have these conversations. And I knew that there would be interesting conversations to be had. The one thing that I kept in mind was it would be a business podcast. And because, of course, I'm a business coach, a leadership coach. So it would be around growth, mindset, business, how somebody's building a brand. And that would add value. So that's how I ended up being a podcaster. What I didn't realize, of course was the amount of work, you know, people think podcasting is easy, but actually the amount of work that goes into it, it's not as easy. And especially if you are going to be doing interviews because you're chasing guests, but whereas solo, it's a a touch more easier than you know being dependent on someone else to come in and give you an interview and being able to put out those episodes so i think i misjudged the amount of work that would be involved but it's been a good ride and it's something that has really brought me a lot of joy and i'm enjoying it at this time nice i wanted to add i started my podcast getting inspiration from you wow (laughs) thank you i'm glad someone is influenced and inspired to start it although i'm sure the work that goes into it is something that you know you're realizing now but i think it's a good thing to start and it gives you you sit down and you have these conversations with people 45 minutes you're literally networking right so i think it's a great start and congrats on starting and all the best to keep going Yeah, so
0: my motivation for this podcast is to learn from these people, getting an opportunity to talk to people who are very successful in their career and getting their knowledge for 45 minutes. It's a boon in disguise. Yeah, you learn so much
1: from it as well. Yeah, Yeah.
0: so that's like my motivation and I'm really enjoying it myself. Okay, my next question to you is like, what has helped you grow from zero to 200,000? people listening to your podcast that's a big number
1: yeah so one thing that happened and which worked for me in the beginning may not really be an opportunity that everyone gets i get that so in that sense what happened was this person that i worked with to get my podcast launched put me in touch with the people at hubhopper they liked my idea they liked what i pitched as what would be the podcast and so they got it as a hubhopper original podcast where they kind of support you for the first six months they kind of help push your podcast and that's something that really helped me because what they would do is when I put out an episode, they would try to uh, promote it a little bit to their partners. So I think the first six months that really helped, number one. The second thing is what we don't, a lot of podcasters miss is you're creating the podcast, but you miss the marketing aspect of it. There is, you know, it's a product at the end of the day. and you need people to listen to it because you're putting in so much work and effort. And if there's no one at the other end, it's hard. So you have to kind of market it. In fact, for some time now, a lot of people have been thinking I'm only doing podcasting. They're like, Oh, you've given up everything else, right? You're just doing podcasting and that's the downside of it. But I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just promoting it a lot. So that was another thing that I, so you really market, promote, push it. And the other thing that helped me, of course, is the guests that i was able to attract and because they themselves had an audience they had a following initially that helped because they would then share it it's not like they would promote but they would share when the episode launched they would share it on their stories and people would listen in so that helped bring people in and also of course audio medium is such that it's a secondary activity so people are kind of listening that helped but to sum it up i would say the kind of guests that you can attract and what their audience reach also can help you but also what people who are listening to your podcast, what they can take away from these guests. That's number one. Two is something for the audience to take away, meaning it's not boring, but there's some value for the audience that you're sharing. And then being clear about kind of your niche, What is your podcast about? Like, is it entertainment? Is it informational? Is it educational? Being clear about that and marketing. I think these are important. There's so much information out there. So learning and then being part of those podcasting networks also really helps. That's what I would say kind of helped for the 200K as well.
0: Okay that's a very good insight so another selfish question for for myself so what is your process of
1: creating a podcast episode okay i don't think it's a selfish question it's a very good (laughs) question because podcasting is not the only thing that we do Mm -hmm. right i mean it's one of the things that we do so i think the thing that is most important is planning right plan be organized and prepare well in advance so for example if you want to launch a podcast like you want to have an episode come out next week ideally you should have planned and recorded that episode at least to four weeks prior if possible okay it's hard but at least try to do that because that will really help you breathe get some leeway and prepare that episode right because there's some time that goes into editing so i think number one is planning we really plan look ahead organize yourself prepare for how many you know get clear how many episodes are you going to do what type of episodes these are what kind of guests you need to get because again the before you record you need at least a month if not longer to sometimes access guests get their time i know of a guest who i remember i asked for time i think she gave me a time like three months later so the quantum of number of guests that you've got to reach out is going to be much higher not everybody's going to respond so you know create a guest list and pitch to them and once you get a confirmation record well in advance so planning Organizing and pitching well in advance take ample time. That's one. The second thing I would say is give yourself those batching. Like get into the process of batching, which means that you'll record two three episodes at a time. You will edit two three episodes at a time. You will uh, put together the show notes. So you know you're giving yourself time to work on it at one shot instead of every day trying to work on a little bit. So batching is good. The other thing that I personally do is I have these deep workers. And in fact, I do these specific days when I'm working on the podcast when I sit down and maybe that's the day I'll write out all the show notes. I'll make all the creatives. I'll plan what should go out on social media, what snippet should go out. And also, you know, editing, even if someone else is editing, you need to take some time and understand, Okay, this is what I want. This I've got to remove. So I would say batch production, deep workers, you know, and or having a scheduled day of the week to work on your podcast and giving it time and being organized all of these things will help you get your ducks in a row and be consistent in being able to release an episode having said that i myself had to learn this the hard way because sometimes you know i wouldn't get the guests in time and then i would leave it to the last minute or some cancellation would happen like it has happened with us right and then that week i would end up missing sharing an episode so that's something that we're working very hard to make sure that we have 20 interviews ongoing now for 20 23 that's my goal my first quarter interviews are done ready booked in jan itself in fact it should have been done by december but at least by jan so i don't have to worry in feb march and keep doing this and i have time to then you know work look ahead and work forward i know it's a long answer to your question but uh, i hope this makes sense
0: this is very good actually yeah. i would like to take a lot of inputs and in my sure. uh, podcast as well uh, do you want to talk about how you reach out to the influential people
1: and i know it's the hardest thing to do for me as well but what has worked for me let me tell you has been just creating that wish list of guests that i would like to reach out to and then finding their email ids or finding them on linkedin pitching to them out of hundred, maybe five will say yes, and out of that five, who said yes, two may you know complete the interview now. But then the other three, may still need to follow up to schedule to do something. Right? The way to reach out to influential people is to just know your list and pitch. I do cold pitching. The other way is if you have a common person in the network who can help you, you could ask for an introduction. Be clear on your pitch. Why are you reaching out? and uh, share some stats about your podcast. What is your podcast about? Who is it for? And what would you like to ask them about? So briefly... So yeah, cold pitching it is uh, and don't be phased by the rejection. And sometimes you'll be surprised by the people who say yes.
0: So I have a huge list of people at home I want to interview, but I feel a bit scared. Like why would that person want to spend an hour with me? And all those kind of questions are in my head. So I don't tend to like message them. Do you have any suggestions for those? For the doubts, it's a
1: good question to ask. Why would they spend? So that's why your pitch needs to clarify it. What is your podcast about? Who is it for? If you have in the early days, you may not have any stats, but who is it for? And what for me, for example, I would say, hey, mine is a business podcast, and I would like to talk to you about how you built your brand, especially if I'm reaching out to founders and what were some early lessons. So we actually have a segment called From the Ground Up. So in that From the Ground Up segment, it's very clear we decode how the brand was built from scratch. And sometimes there's another segment, which is just the interviews. It could be for inspirational people, leaders. We have a how-to segment. So it could be how to grow on Instagram, how to grow on LinkedIn, which is all related to the same theme, right? It's about business, growing your business. For example, I may not ask, how do you kind of manage your relationships? We don't do that. Like, like mm-hmm. you know we may not do that because it's not in the same segment of, you know, business. Yeah. So I'm very focused about that. So I think in your pitch, be clear about what is your podcast? Why are you reaching out to this person? And what is it that you would like to speak to them about? And also now in the early days, I didn't do it. But now I add saying what to expect, like I need 20 minutes of your time or 30 minutes of your time. I know that if I say I need one, hour, it may not happen, but I can get 30 minutes. It's great. I'll take it. Okay, so my
0: next question, what are the three things you want to tell to someone who has just started podcasting
1: or thinking of starting a podcast? Okay, number one, really? get clear on your objective of starting the podcast okay why are you starting the podcast what is the reason what's the objective what's the goal of starting this podcast is it to build your brand is it to get some leads is it for your business not just your business brand but your personal brand is it to create something of value or is it somewhere that you entertain or tell stories like you're offering something for the audience like what is in it for the person who's supposed to listen why are you starting this podcast so get clear on the objective of why you're starting the podcast that's number one if you know it then you can direct your you can create the podcast to cater to that goal to cater to that objective right the second thing is be clear be really clear and know how much time you're willing to invest on it okay would you like your podcast to come out weekly would you like it to come out bi-weekly get clear on that because then you know how much time is required for you if you're going to do for example you're going to be like jay shetty and do two episodes per week then you know the quantum of work that is required is much higher right so know how much time you are willing to invest rather than starting something and then figuring out oh my god this is so hard it takes so much time and then dropping it okay so there's no stopping the podcast and then finally of course be consistent because you know that's the only way a podcast can grow anything that you start you in fact i know of a guest who told me hey i would like to come on your 25th podcast and that's what he tells because he's in the podcasting space. He teaches people how to start a podcast, Bijay Gautam. When I emailed him and he said, I'll say yes, but I'll come on the 25th. But luckily at that time I was on my 60th. So I said, Hey, I've already done so many. So he's like, The only reason, and the only reason for him to do so was to say, that You be consistent and I will come. So to reach your 25th and I will come. So that's something to keep going. And I know that Gary V also, to early podcasters, I know that he does this as well. He says, Let me come on your 10th or let me come on your X podcast. because. Then he knows that people will stay with it, be consistent just to like kind of get that guest. And um, yeah, one last thing I know I said the previous one was finally, but the other thing is be prepared to market the heck out of your podcast, like really market it, let people hear it because you put in so much effort to create it, then market it well so that it's reaching audiences, it's reaching people and people are, you know, listening and taking the time to listen and signing into your podcast so that's my three things four things uh, to tell someone
0: who's starting a podcast that's nice about marketing i would want to know like
1: how you market your podcast so one is to use your social media of course to market your podcast that's number one the second is of course social media is easy free organic marketing i know someone else gave me this uh, hot tip they said create a whatsapp distribution list the other thing is also to go on other people's besides the guests you can use other things like newsletters you go on other podcasts you speak somewhere and then you're like pitching your podcast so those are things that you can do ideally and there is still the paid marketing podcast paid ads that you can do on social media or on other podcasts to promote your podcast so these are some things that you could do
0: that's very insightful now you can tell me about your global coaching business success with Savita. So what is it?
1: So we are a coaching business where we provide coaching one is to one to leaders, founders, CXOs, anybody who's senior management and above, or because I started out as a business coach and I still do a lot of business coaching. So we do executive coaching for corporates, CEOs, CXOs, and then we do it for founders as well. So I work with founders to help them on their business strategy, help them on growth, how help them scale from scratch.
0: So I'm not a business kind of person, but Mm -hmm. this looks so complicated. So you're managing like a very successful podcast. Plus this business. So how do you
1: manage your time? So, you, you know, with coaching as a business, of course, there's the marketing angle that you have. But over a period of time, uh, in the initial days, you market a lot more. But over a period of time, you get word of mouth, you get referrals. And then there are only that many clients we can take on. We uh, don't take on anything and everything. Because again, that's there's only that much time and bandwidth, right? So in my one-to-one coaching, I take very few clients. And then, of course, the programs are planned out well in advance. We so you know what we offer and we kind of get booked and usually we deliver mostly. it's also virtual but it all boils down to time managing the podcast managing this or being a parent it's how organized you are and in the early days i would say i used to say yes to a lot of things but now i'm in a place where i can say no to things that are not in alignment with our purpose as a company or what I want to do, because early days you don't have any clients. So you end up saying yes to kind of build your business, but now we are able to choose, we can choose the clients that we can work with. So I think it boils down to planning and being very conscious about what I'm saying yes to and how I organize myself. That's really important.
0: Uh, So you have mentored or coached 200 plus businesses. So, what are the characteristics of a successful business and how a person can build a huge business making lots of money? So that's the
1: goal of a business. Actually, however, the first thing that we tell businesses is don't start by thinking about how much money you're going to make. Okay, start by thinking whether you're delivering value to the marketplace. So either, you know, most businesses should either solve a problem or meet a need in the marketplace, right? Uh, And that's the question that you've got to ask. Are you solving any problem for clients or are you meeting a need? So first is number one is that. And if you're not doing either of these things and you're thinking about money, after a point that money is going to, you know, dry up, then what? You've got to go and find some other business, right? So you want to lead with purpose and you want to lead with what is that problem you're solving? Second thing is, of course, like I say, for the podcast, is you may be solving a problem, but if people don't know about it, if they don't know that you exist as a business, how are they going to buy from you? So you've got to make sure that you are uh, making the customer aware that you exist in the marketplace. So, you know, building your marketing strategies as important. And the third thing is also to refine your product. You may think your product is great, but you can't say that your clients have to say that. So, Constantly listening to customer feedback, refining your product based on that feedback, and you know be willing to learn. If you don't have an open mindset, if you don't have a growth mindset, then you're not going to learn, and therefore you won't be able to pivot. You need to evolve, right? Most businesses they start as one thing, they end up at a as a very different thing, because they listen to what the marketplace had to say. Along with mindset, you have to take action, and that means having a clear strategy in place to attract customers, having a strategy in place to convert those customers, serve those customers, and then the money comes. So that's when you hear, that's your sweet spot. When all of this is happening is when uh, the money comes and then you'll make money, right? You'll like money can be infinite at that point. And um, my last thing would be to have patience and grit. One thing that I notice a lot of people don't have is because a lot of people don't have as patience. They expect business to be an overnight success. So I think those are really the yeah. key ones about being a successful business and being able to make money.
0: Okay. So you have uh, mentioned a lot about money in, the, in my previous question, but I would want to know your thoughts about money. Like what does money bring to you? Like what does it solve for you? And to what extent we should focus on getting the
1: money and like earn as much money as we want? I think money is just medium right it's a currency i feel people can give it way too much importance money becomes an identity for people either in a good way or in the wrong way but for me money is about having a good relation number one you need to have a good relationship with money and not align it to how you see yourself and how you measure your self-worth money is not a measure of self-worth right and that's a distinction to make it's just a currency you use it for buying services buying products and then you get paid in it for offering uh, a service so don't let it become your everything and be clear on how much you want to make why you want to make that money how are you going to use that money and when you do that the way you see yourself the way you feel about yourself and the way you navigate the world becomes very different and it can become very positive
0: for me so i've grown in a not very rich family kind of so there like the money used to be like the primary focus but slowly when i've grown and uh, i started making my own money then i realized that sometimes spending some money to save a bit of time is Mm -hmm. a good thing to do that way it has helped me
1: that's a great point that you make because that's the thing about having a positive relationship with money you learn to use it the way it's meant to be used there is no scarcity of money right money is being printed every single day the people who have money have money the people who don't don't have it's your mindset so don't have a scarcity mindset have an abundance mindset and then you will learn to value what becomes important for you thank you so the next question.
0: Tell me about Forbes Council. To be honest, I don't know much about it. So Mm -hmm. I would love to know what it does and how one can become a member Member. of Forbes Council.
1: Yeah. Sure. So Forbes Councils, there are many councils. They have a business council, they have uh, different for different uh, areas um, and industries. They have uh, their own. Councils. So for coaches, there's a Forbes Coaches Council, which is what I'm part of and you just have to apply and there's a form application form. And then if you're accepted, then you there is a fee that you pay to become a member and uh, you maintain your membership year on year. What it can open up is it opens up networks to you access to events. There's some events which are free. And there are some that you get at a discounted rate. But I think the most important thing is the access to other people, eminent people in your own industry. So I think you just pay to get that access. And it's also a a tag that you get. You also get to publish your articles. That's something that you do. You get to publish your articles on the website so you can write for them. You can contribute as well. So that's what the councils do.
0: Okay, this looks very interesting. I will explore a bit. So one question, like from the conversation, I figured that you work a lot. So how do you network? So for me, if I find a new person and if I have to make a conversation, It's very difficult for me. How do you do that? First is you have to be intentional.
1: And the thing about networking is, or about growth, is you really surround yourself with people who are also in it to win it. That's the point, right? And sometimes when you're not getting it from your immediate circle, it's okay to go find it outside of your circle. But when I became an entrepreneur, networking is one way that you really go build connections to grow your business. So that's when I started to realize, oh my God, this is powerful. And this is something that... You know, I must invest in. So the way I network is I just I'm genuinely interested in the other person and what they do. And I like to get to know them. It's like you have a conversation where you're asking them questions about what they do and be curious and reach out to them and we think networking is about you standing up and doing your one minute elevator which hi i'm so and so no it's not about that you can just can be some person that you're sitting at an event talk to them and then you find out so much more so i think over a period of time doing more of it i have become better at it i won't say i'm the greatest but it's also being a little bit out of your comfort step up you have to show up and ask the questions and get to know people and if you're not naturally not used to doing that then you need to start practicing great ways to network is virtually you can do it via linkedin you can connect with people and then you know you can say hey i would love to know more about your work especially if they're doing work that really interests you you can chat with them and then you know you can get to know more about the work that they do that's one way virtually that's the other way is to you know whenever you meet people find out more talk to them or attend conferences and events. That's another way to do it. There must be many groups, networking groups. Sometimes it's interesting to be part of that as well. So you can start slowly, but you'll get better at it. I promise you.
0: Thank you for that. So A general question, like how do you spend most of your time?
1: I think most of my time is working, but uh, the thing is it took me some time, but I realized my priorities are, Number one, as a parent, my child, then my own, I need to be able to recoup my energy. So I need to have good support systems and take some time for self-care. And of course, building my business. When I'm not doing any of these three, (laughs) I'm learning. I do invest some time in reading that's that's really my passion I love to read I do catch up on Netflix there are some shows that I have to think but the problem is I'm a binge watcher so I need to schedule so I schedule time I'm like today I'm going to binge watch from this time to this time right so I know I do that the reason is because I'm not a regular TV watcher so I forget what happened and where I last and you know and especially if it's a very intricate plot right i can't keep up so i need to binge watch and i love travel i live to travel and that's a business investment as well that i'm doing investing in a travel business so i love to travel so that's another thing i focus on so yeah between parenting and running a business of the scale it does take away most of your energy and time
0: so nice so do you want to talk a bit about parenting yeah
1: <laughs> It's hard. It's okay. hard. But it's the most fruitful thing you can give every day you ask yourself, why am I doing this? And then, you know, there'll be some of those bright all those days where it cannot be explained, right? The joy of parenting. Um, but parenting, I feel it's like every other relationship, which, you know, it just doesn't happen. And you really got to spend some time one is quality time and the second is spend some time figuring out who you are as a parent what are some parenting goals that you'd like to set and there are going to be phases which are going to be hard and there are going to be phases which are going to be fun but i think learn to communicate and communicate differently with your child that's important
0: (laughs) yeah So, yeah, so we are reaching to like uh, some personal questions from yourself. Yeah. So who has influenced you or
1: inspired you the most in your life? That's a difficult question to answer because I think at every phase it's been someone different. But in general, I think it's the people around me right from, you know, my mom and dad, they lived in small town, Coorg. They came out to the city, got jobs, built a house. I don't even know. If they hadn't done that where I would be, right? Because it got me opportunities and exposure. But otherwise, it's been uh, people out there, including Gary Vee and people like Elon Musk. Not all the crazy stuff, but all the good stuff, which is thinking that I'm going to put people in space and making that into a reality. Like you take an idea which only you have and only you can see and being so true and committed to that vision and then taking it and turning it into reality. That is something that is commendable and it inspires me to keep going. I mean, if somebody can use that, like nobody thought we would put people in space, but if somebody is doing it, what is my dream and desire am i not dreaming big enough i think that's how i help all of these people influence me
0: nice so since i was a kid my influence like definitely my parents are also like my inspiration but somehow i don't know uh, there was uh, something in my head which said that there's like positive things all around and you can Mm -hmm. like capture small small positive things from different different people and like inculcate that inside sure. yourself
1: so that really helped me like yeah. from like growing a lot yeah oh nice nice I, and that's what i also believe i think there's so much around us to feel inspired by every day yeah
0: cool so tell me a lowest point in your life and how did you like got yourself up from there
1: I'm sure this is not low for most people, but in my life, this was low for me. I have always been someone who thought I was very good at my job. Okay. That was my thing. I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't do many things, but my job, I'm like a star. I'm an A player and I bring my game to the table. And what happened was, this was in 2010, I had a job that I've been headhunted for. That was a job that I went in and I was very excited, loved it six months in. There was something that happened within my team, but I was the boss, obviously, and I got fired. And I had never expected that. I didn't even know how to deal with being fired because it's such a shameful, traumatic moment for me. And I really didn't recover from that, I think, until about three years. Being fired really threw me out of whack. And I went into depression I didn't know how to deal with people. I lost my confidence until then. I would be like, I knew something. But after that, I remember I got my previous job. I got rehired within the month. And, you know, everyone was like, but this is not your mistake. And my boss was like, you know, we want you back. All of that was good. But the point is, I didn't feel good on the inside. I didn't feel like I had anything to contribute. And that really spiraled for me. What happened was I was trying to have a baby at that time and this was much later 2013 i was trying to have a child i went and my doctor said you know and you can't you'll have to try IVF. you have this two percent chance that it may work i was like wow you know everything is not working out for me and they say success begets success but let me tell you failure also can beget failure because of your mindset because now you're like oh everything is gloom doom nothing is working for me and you know when my doctor said try ivf i was like i've got nothing to lose this is my rock bottom i'm gonna go try it but something and i can't say why and how i felt that but i felt that i needed to have a different approach when i was going to go through ivf i said okay i need to have a good mindset i can't be like oh this there's nothing it's gonna be hard so i just decided to pull up my socks and just go through without whining complaining feeling horrible cribbing about why is this happening to me why doesn't it happen to anyone else all that and just go do what I need to do so just show up and that's what I did and it was successful I had my daughter and the day my daughter was born I was like I'm never going to be this person who thinks that you know I should jump off a cliff just because you know I got fired failure is not going to faze me so even and that I think has been a great learning for me because when I started my business I and mean, business every day you get rejected Podcasts every day you get rejected right and I'm not phased by it because I feel like hey I've seen worse this is nothing I can take it I can take it and I can keep going so I'm able to now deal with failure where and I get rejected I'm like okay it's fine I'll just keep going it's not going to become a game stopper for me so I think that's my answer to a lowest point in my life I just learned. If it doesn't kill you, you just, you know, you learn from it. Recently, I
0: fell down and it was a very normal fall. It's like a normal fall, like a kid falls down. But I broke my knee ligament I, and I was not able to walk like for a month. Wow. And so it took some time to register whatever happened. And that time I was chill, but slowly when I was not able to walk or even my daily things, I had to take help from my husband. That time it was sad face, but then Mm -hmm. I realized that I'm learning a lot from it as well. So I learned the importance of my leg and then I learned that exercise, my ligament had to be replaced. So then I learned that exercise is very powerful. So the new ligament learned to become a new ligament. So. All those things like slowly I learned, and that now I have good habit of exercising daily and stuff. So I think even if it was fall, uh, which affected me, but it was positive. So the lowest point actually helps us learn so many things yeah. and yeah yeah
1: gosh, like, that's so freaky, you know, when you just have a small fall and something worse happens, yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know, like, but it's good. But now I'm happy that I've
1: recovered and stuff, yeah.
0: So what actions or beliefs have helped you grow in your
1: career? I think this not to let rejection phase me, that's a belief. But also, you know, I'm always hopeful and I'm like, yeah, can do, we'll give it a shot, like being positive. I think before, especially at work, I think it's something to do with the corporate world. If your boss tells you to do something, you always find a reason why it won't work, right? And now when I look back, I'm like, oh, oh, why would I do that? Why can't I find a way, a solution? So being solution-oriented is something that is my mantra. I also believe that, you know, it doesn't come to you just if you're just sitting there. You have to hustle a little bit. You have to put in the work. So I'm believing in having a strong work ethic is important. And knowing that, look, I'm going to... Have self doubt. I'm going to have fear, but can I just keep working through it? So, that growth mindset and being able to self coach myself, of course, being that I'm a coach, it helps that I'm able to do that. But it is really wisdom has really come now, right? I'm in my 40s and it's come now. I wish I had known this, whereas in my 30s, I would have been in a different place. And those are my mantras don't let rejection phase you. Have an open growth mindset, be solution oriented, hustle, have your work ethic in place. And just keep going.
0: Okay. So we are coming to an end of our conversation. But before you go, I would definitely love to get suggestions from you for the young
1: generation. I think the current generation is unfortunately for them with social media. Social media is about just showing your positive, I think. Everything looks like it can happen instantly. Everybody else seems to be living a successful life. So it can feel you leaving a little empty sometimes if you don't have as much happening in the same timelines in your life right so i think for my advice and my message to the young generation is just have patience okay do your best do your work build that work ethic don't look for any excuses or reasons of why something isn't working okay know your self-worth value yourself sure but also build your work ethic but have patience give it time Nothing can happen overnight, and it it really doesn't exist. What you see on social media may not be what it really is. So that's one. And go step by step, like build your foundations right. Go step by step. Don't get distracted by shiny object syndrome, and this is very common, not just for the young, but everybody, right? We suddenly like, okay, I should do this, I should do this, I should do this, I should do. But you're like starting many things and not finishing many things. So be a finisher. So be consistent. Value yourself but also make sure that you're finding solutions you're creating something you're being kind so yeah that's a lot of messages in one but patience is the number one thing to take away
0: okay so thank you so much i've learned so much from this one hour so it was a great learning from you savita and thank you so much for
1: your time i love every moment of it thank you oh me too i enjoyed talking to you and I think your questions were insightful and it really made me think and answer sensibly and stuff. (laughs) I think so. But uh, I hope the audience finds value in this conversation. And thank you for having me on your show. And I wish you all the best. Thank you.